Welcome to the Intelligent Taxpayer Podcast, where we unpack strategies to level up your tax and financial intelligence in ways that actually make sense. Because the great art of learning is to understand a little at a time. Now, here's your host and certified tax coach, Greg C. Welcome, everyone, here to the very first episode of the Intelligent Taxpayer Podcast. And we're kicking things off today on the topic of business structures. Now, oftentimes, when people are starting or wanting to start a business, they can tend to fall into one of a couple different extremes regarding decision-making. On one end is the extreme of shooting from the hip. And what I mean by that is they dive headfirst into launching their business. They plow through critical decisions to get their business up and running. And in one respect, that's an awesome place to be in because they're knocking things out, getting things done. But if this is the lane you're running in, I would caution you a bit about that because it's good to have at least a little bit of strategic decision-making in the mix when you're in startup mode. And if you're just go, 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 some of those quick decisions may bite you on the back end. On the other end of the spectrum comes decision paralysis. Now here lies those who just get so overwhelmed, not only with making decisions, but always wanting to make the right decision. And in the world of business, decisions unfortunately must be made. A good friend of mine once told me, I'll take someone who makes 100 decisions in a day, gets 90 of them right, over someone who makes 10 10 decisions in a day and gets all of them right. Because stagnating your business by not moving forward with decisions can really hurt you down the road as well. So the goal here today is to provide you with some clarity on one of the key decisions you should think about, and that's how to structure your business. The good news is there's really only four general structures. Now take note here. The four most common business structures include sole proprietorships, partnerships, C-corporations, and S-corporations. Now, I'm not going to lie, there are many different variations in ways each of these can be done. But for the sake of simplicity and time, I'm only going to speak into these at a high level and talk through the pros and cons and main effects each may have for you down the road. So let's start with sole proprietorship and the advantages of using that type of structure. By far, the biggest advantage of utilizing a sole prop structure is its very low barrier to entry and minimal, if not non-existent, cost of formation. Establishing sole props can, in many cases, be as simple as a declaration to yourself and others that you're in business, which kind of reminds me of that episode of The Office where Michael Scott is just really in that tough financial situation, goes out in the office, declares the top of his lungs. I declare bankruptcy now in reality bankruptcy really doesn't work that way and michael staff tells him that shortly after he embarrasses himself there but when it comes to forming a business as a sole prop it really be really can be that simple the other main advantage of a sole proprietorship is its easier or limited complexity when it comes to tax tax preparation in the eyes of the government you are the business and the business is you Everything with your business is reported directly on your personal tax return, and you don't have to deal with filing a completely separate tax return just for the business. Now let's look at a couple downsides to the sole proprietorships. The most glaring downside is the vulnerability to unlimited personal liability. Because the sole prop structure is not a distinct legal entity, you as the owner can be held personally liable for the debts and obligations of the business. The other big downside to the sole prop structure is it's very hard to raise money and still maintain 100% ownership. Sole proprietors often face challenges when trying to raise money. Because you can't sell stock in the business, investors won't often invest. Banks are also hesitant to lend to a sole proprietor because of a perceived lack of credibility when it comes to repayment if the business fails. 
Now, remember, if you're the business and the business is you, so if the business fails, your personal finances probably have probably failed along with it. Okay, on to the partnership. Fairly similar to the sole prop structure, partnerships can be fairly easy and inexpensive to form. The majority of the time spent starting a partnership often focuses on developing the partnership agreement. You're going to go into business with another individual or even another business entity here, so it's good to flesh out a solid agreement between everyone involved on the front end. Another upside to the partnership structure is the inherent shared financial commitment. Unlike sole props, partnerships do have the advantage of pooling resources together to obtain capital. They can also be beneficial in terms of securing credit. So in some cases, one partner may bear the burden of providing substantial services to the business with a lower amount of financial capital involved, while another partner only infuses cash into the business and keeps at arm's length when it comes to operating it. All right, on the other end with partnerships, there's three disadvantages I'd like to point out. The first being joint and individual liability. Again, similar to the sole prop structure, partnerships retain full shared liability among the owners. Partners are not only liable for their own actions, but also the business debts and decisions made by other partners. Okay, you're in the game here with other people. So in addition, the personal assets of all partners can be used to satisfy the partnership's debt. This is a generality here. As I mentioned earlier, there are variations that can be made in business structures to mitigate liability among certain types of partners. Okay, the second disadvantage of partnerships comes into play when partners disagree amongst themselves. Partners need to consult each other on all decisions, make compromises, resolve disputes as as amicably as possible. This falls under that extreme I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, where decision paralysis takes over. Partners can end up disputing one another on business decisions, and the result is no decision being made at all. The third disadvantage is one we've dealt with since childhood, and that's simply sharing. Because partners, uh, because partnerships are jointly owned, each partner shares in the successes, failures, profits, and losses of their business with the other partners. So an unequal contribution of time, of effort, or resources can cause discord among partners. So again, I can't stress this part enough. It's very wise to have a solid partnership agreement in place from the beginning to ward off these feelings of unfairness. Okay, moving on to a more complex type of structure is the C-Corporation. Now, finally, the first advantage I'll mention with the C-Corporation is limited liability. When it comes to taking responsibility for business debts and actions of a corporation, shareholders' personal assets are protected. Shareholders can generally only be held accountable for their investment in the stock of the company. The second advantage of C-Corporations, they have the ability to raise capital. So this is done through the sale of corporate stock, which is what most people are familiar with when it comes to investing. Now, there's no limit on the number of shareholders aside from the number of shares the corporation issues. And the third advantage can also be construed as a disadvantage, but I'll talk through it uh, with the lens of a silver lining and that is corporate tax treatment. So corporations file taxes separately from their owners. Owners of a C-corporation only pay taxes on corporate profits, uh, paid to them in the forms of salaries, bonuses, and dividends, while any additional profits are awarded with a corporate tax rate, which is usually lower than a personal income tax rate. Now here's the other side of the coin and the disadvantage of that, and it's double taxation. So while high-income individuals can benefit from leaving profits in a C-corporation, Due to the lower corporate tax rate, that does put into play those profits being taxed twice. 
First, the corporation pays tax on its profits based on the corporate tax rate. Any amounts paid to shareholders as dividends are not a excuse me are not a tax deduction for the corporation. So these amounts are taxed again on the recipient's individual tax returns. So disadvantage number two. Uh, couples with the complexity of corporations, and that is the additional paperwork that's involved. So as a separate legal entity, corporations are required to file a completely separate tax return. Uh, Also to have scheduled director and shareholder meetings, minutes from those meetings, adoptions and updates to bylaws, amongst other corporate formalities. All right, so our last business structure leaves us with the S-Corporation. Now, this is a hybrid type of structure between the C-Corporation and the other structures mentioned earlier. A big advantage with the S-Corp structure is its ability to pass through taxes. Now, what I mean by that is profits are not taxed twice like they are with C-Corporations. In general, the S-Corp itself does not pay taxes. All the profits are passed through the S-Corp and taxed to the individual shareholders. The other main advantage of the S-Corp structure is its access to other types of tax savings. So, so so far, we've mainly been talking about income taxes, but while sole proprietors or general partners in a partnership are subject to employment taxes on the entire net income of the business, only the compensation for services paid to the S-Corp shareholder are subject to employment tax. The remaining income is paid to the owner as quote-unquote distributions, which is not subject to employment taxes. Now, you may listen to that and think, well... I just won't compensate myself as an S-Corp shareholder. I'm only going to take distributions from it, and that's it. Well, then I won't have to deal with any of that employment tax nonsense. So let me pause you there. This is the first disadvantage of the S-Corp structure. A shareholder who does provide services to the S-Corporation must receive a very vaguely called reasonable compensation for services rendered. So if the S-Corp pays an artificially low salary or no salary at all, and thus pays higher amounts as distributions, the IRS may and can come in and reclassify some or all of those distributions as wages, resulting in higher taxes for you and possibly even penalties and interest to boot. Another disadvantage of the S-Corp, specifically for shareholders who own more than 2% of the business, is its lack of access to tax-favorable fringe benefits. For example, if you're an employee of a business and the business was covering 100% of your health insurance premiums, that benefit generally would not be taxable to you. However, as a shareholder, all of those health insurance premiums are considered taxable compensation. Much more details there. Uh, We will save that for another day. Okay, now there they are, the four general business structures. Uh, But I bet some of you may be wondering, what about LLCs? Well, I'm glad you asked. The main purpose for LLCs doesn't really find its application with regard to taxes. Its main purpose is built into its name. It provides limited liability. Now, LLCs can be incorporated with any of the four business structures we just went through. You can have a single-member LLC, much like the sole proprietorship, a multi-member LLC like the partnership, or even an LLC that elects to be classified either as a C-corporation or an S-corporation. So LLCs are more of a legal tool than a tax tool, and with that, I would encourage you to speak with an attorney for counsel in that area. So... That wraps up our time here for today. If you have any questions on this topic or simply have the desire or need to undergo professional tax planning, reach out to us here at Cornerstone CPA. Just go to cornerstonefirm.org or email us at cpa at cornerstonefirm.org. 
We'd love to provide you a free tax planning consultation, as well as help you save thousands of dollars year after year in taxes. We'll see you next time.